This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Entrepreneur Elon Musk has three passions, the internet, space exploration, and clean energy. The first paid off handsomely for him in 2002, when he sold PayPal to eBay for $1.5 billion in stock. The second is fueled by SpaceX, a company that makes space launch vehicles. A vehicle literally for Musk's third passion is Tesla Motors, which makes the Tesla Roadster, an electric sports car that claims to go 244 miles per charge and sells for $101,500 or more. In the first of a two-part interview with Wharton Entrepreneurial Programs and Knowledge at Wharton, Musk speaks with management professor John Paul McDuffie, co-director of the International Motor Vehicle Program, about electric cars, hybrids, the Tesla, and the mysterious ways of Detroit. Maybe I'd start with a, a kind of a electric car industry question and then come into some Tesla-specific questions. So I, I wondered how you see kind of the ecosystem of a budding electric car industry. Will we see a proliferation of small firms that are innovators kind of competing together? Will there be complementary or will there be a few innovators who get out ahead and then a, a big player will snatch them up? And that's only a subset of the probably the possible uh, scenarios. Right. I, I think you'll see the mainstream car business transition towards electric cars. And you, you are seeing that already. Right. The Detroit Auto Show was the main theme of the Detroit Auto Show this year was electric cars. Um, and the car business is a very competitive business. Uh, so competitive businesses, um, I think, do respond pretty well to, to big to changes because um, they know that if they don't, their competitors surely will. Um, so um, I think the response thus far has been a little, it's been slower than I'd like, um, but I, I think I can see it also gathering momentum. Um, particularly with the, the, the strong push by the new administration, the Obama administration, uh, in, in the direction of electric cars. So um, they, they really understand the importance of this and, uh, and are essentially mandating it um, with uh, increased uh, uh, CAFE standards and um, funding for, uh, uh, you know, subsidizing the funding for new capital developments as they relate to energy-efficient cars. Um, so I think certainly the incumbents are going to move in that direction. Um, incumbents tend to not move that quickly um, uh, for all the reasons that have been articulated in many books. Um, but, but I think they are moving in that direction and that, that rate is going to increase. As far as new companies, you know, the car business is, is such a capital-intensive business, it doesn't lend itself to startups very well. Um, you need to just operate with... Um, incredible capital efficiency if you're going to be a startup and and succeed in the car business. Um, now Tesla's done, I, I, would, I would say, a good job on that respect, although it certainly could have done a much better job. Um, but I think the capital efficiency of Tesla is, is quite high. Um, you know, having spent um, under $200 million to develop an entire quite revolutionary powertrain um, and bring a, a car to market that is 93% new, which a lot of people don't realize. That a lot of people think it's sort of an electrified Elise. And, and, uh, and unfortunately, with Tesla, it's not. <laughs> uh, 
the, there are only seven percent legacy components, legacy lease components in the in the Roadster. Yeah. It is a newer new. It is a newer car than most new cars. Yes. In almost any new cars, actually, because they yes. even when someone says the all new such and such, actually, it's not the all. New, it's got lots of bits and pieces that are from other prior models. Yeah. Um, whereas in, in the take his Tesla Roadster, the entire powertrain is new from scratch. Um, and the body is totally new. Mm -hmm. the, the chassis, which was originally going to be an Elise chassis, ended up we ended up having to redesign the thing. In retrospect, we should have done a, a, complete, a completely new car clean from scratch. It would have cost us less yep. and resulted in a better car if we had done a clean sheet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so hmm. uh, we, we had to stretch the chassis. The car is thirty percent heavier. The load distribution is all different. So, hmm. uh, so yeah. Um, well, and, and maybe as a follow-up about you know that part of the process, what are some of the ways in which the Tesla team has been able to think and design your way around some of the barriers that have inhibited other electric uh, designs and able to enable you to get to this? Well, uh, it, it was it was obvious with the advent of, of lithium-ion technology at, at the cell level, cell chemistry level, that. Um, you could, I mean, it's obviously mean way you, you could produce a compelling electric car because if you look at say um, the the last foray into that area, which would have been the EV1 um, and the Rav4, you know, the uh, when that when those went to nickel metal hydride, the EV1 had a range of around 140 miles, and lithium ion has twice the energy density of nickel metal hydride, so therefore you could expect a car say in the region of 250 miles range uh, with a simple change in battery pack. Um, and I, I, I mean, my feeling was if you could have a range comparable to that of a gasoline car, then it would be that that would be very appealing to people. That you'd have a lot of people that uh, would be interested in it. And if you look at if you also if you look at a movie like Who Killed the Electric Car, mm. um, it was clear that there's there's a segment of the population out there that is really keen on electric cars. Yes. Um, I mean, they held a candlelit vigil. For, yes. I mean, the, 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 the EV1 had to be had to be forcibly taken from people. Right. And, and 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 then they were sort of sent to some car graveyard where they were where they were squashed, um, while the, while the customers held a candlelit vigil. Now, when's the last time you heard of someone holding a candlelit vigil for a product, let alone a General Motors product? <laughs> exactly. I mean, how blind do you have to be to not realize that that is something you should be pursuing, yeah. not destroying? Um, astounding incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> Mind-blowing incompetence. <laughs> I mean, holy cow! I mean, how, how, how foolish! Right. I mean, where would GM be today if if it had done the EV2 and the EV3, EV? My God! I mean, they'd be they'd, they'd still be GM. Yeah. Well, of course they were kicking and screaming to do EV1, right? I mean, they didn't want to do it. They had to be forced to do EV1, yeah. And, and, and I think uh, the reason they, I think, I think the reason that they they were so draconian and drag those cars back and squash them was they were afraid that if they didn't do that somebody would force them to do EV2. Mm -hmm. I think that, that was yeah, sort of the, essentially the reason that, that they did it. Yeah. Um, but um, just 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 a astoundingly bad decision making. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> so if I were to, when you think about the aspect of Tesla that may be most difficult to scale what what do you think that is? Is it production? Is it sales? Is it service? Is it none of the above? No, I think the hardest thing for Tesla is is going to be um, getting the 
the, the right people uh, when we need them. Um, and uh, Tesla is a very, uh, actually, engineering-focused, engineering and design-focused company. Um, so um, finding just the, the, really, the best engineers in the world across the board, powertrain, vehicle, and vehicle engineering, you know, suspension handling, uh, interior, uh, safety, um, that that's extremely important. We've, we've got a fantastic design group already, so yeah. I think we're fine on that on, on that dimension. Yeah. But but really bring together the, the engineering expertise that we need, the, the production expertise that we need. Um, I, I mean, I think we will do this. Uh, but but in terms of what I view as as the, the most amount of work, that's the most amount of work. Yeah. Um, and if we get those people on board, then it'll be no problem. The rest is due. I would guess you're starting to get some resumes and emails, yeah. uh, the talent must be flowing your direction. Yeah, we have, we have some really good people. I think we've got a good core nucleus of, of, of people. Um, certainly we have the best powertrain uh, engineering in the world. There's yeah. no one that's even close. Yeah. Um, and we're really building up the vehicle engineering side of things and, yeah. the, and the production expertise as well. Um, but I'm, I'm actually quite confident about the future of Tesla at this point. Um, you know, the, the the, the important thing that Tesla needs to focus on is just getting the right people on board, um, making sure that we that any any product we do is an extremely good product. Yeah. Great companies are built on great products, um, and when the product starts to become shoddy and 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 uncompetitive, so by almost tautologically, so does the company. And I think um, you know this is something that and I don't. Know, I, I, I know it's uh, this. Uh, I've said disparaging remarks about Detroit, but it, those remarks are intended to encourage different behavior. It's not simply blindly attacking them. It's, it's uh, you know, really what they should do is focus on making great products. And and as soon as people think associate great products with Detroit, Detroit yeah. will be healthy. Yeah. Obviously, a, a pure electric drivetrain design is. Has a lot of advantages, technical aesthetic, than over a hybrid, which is, after all, two different drivetrains, you know, having to work together. Yeah. But I'm Duck curious. Both uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious how you see the role of hybrid drivetrains, and there's obviously a lot of variants um, in the evolution of this sort of space of alternative drivetrains. If it's a, a, a short uh, transitional. Uh, technology, if it's a yeah. long transitional technology, if it's a, a you know a alternative that stays around with electric for some time, um, maybe fuel cells still seems so far away that uh, for a lot of reasons fuel cells will never succeed. Yeah, well, I tend to share that view yeah. actually. So, <laughs> so anyway, but on on the 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 the, the co evolution or the the uh, the compatibility of of hybrid and pure electric uh, in the next twenty years. Well, you know, there's there's a famous quote by Wayne Gretzky: "You want to skate to where the puck's gonna be." Mm. Okay, so um, I, there, there's I think a transitional role for plug-in hybrids, um, but it's a very I think it's actually a fairly short transition, um, and is and and will be shortened by uh, Tesla actually mm. showing that you can actually address the range issue with pure electric mm. um, and. With the Model S, we're addressing that in three ways by offering a 300-mile range pack, a 45-minute charge time, and um, designing the pack such that it can be swapped out faster than you can fill a gas tank. Mm -hmm. um, and 
and that enables you know some ancillary businesses that maybe someone wants to set up a battery pack swap station just as you have, have gas stations. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get across country faster than you can get across country in a, in a, in a gasoline car. Mm-hmm. So where's the range issue? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some infrastructural issues, but not, not a fundamental range issue. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we were looking closely at, at doing a plug-in hybrid mm-hmm. at Tesla, and, it, and for a brief period, the, the Model S was going to be a plug-in hybrid. Okay. Um, but as we drilled deeper and deeper into the design, uh, we concluded that we could not make a compelling hybrid, okay. or at least that the electric car would be much more compelling than the hybrid would be. Yeah. Um, and you start entering into this. You're designing an amphibian, and um, an amphibian is always going to be a worse fish than a fish and a, and a worse, say, mouse than a mouse. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, whatever creature you want to pick. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and we, we were just like, we just didn't like what we came up with. Um, it was almost like, you know, the transition from, say, analog to digital. Mm-hmm. For a while, they had, you had these weird hybrid circuit boards that right. were quasi-digital, quasi-analog, until people realized, no, you should just go, right. just go digital, <laughs> just bite the bullet. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so that's the conclusion we came to, and the market will decide whether we were right or wrong. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Elon, thank you All very right. much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.